0: Wins the game at the buzzer here we go
1: welcome to another edition of the gunshot your nba podcast that covers all teams regardless of market size my name is grant gun and i am joined as always with my sister lauren uh we are here not really to talk about the nba s- specifically this time we're we're just going to talk about donovan mitchell uh obviously there are a lot of rumors flying around um, the Jazz moved on from Rudy Gobert. They've made a ton of other moves, which we'll dive into here in a second. Uh, but we want to focus on on some of the possibilities that are out there, uh, not only for the Utah Jazz moving forward, but more specifically, what makes sense uh, around Donovan Mitchell. So, Lauren, I want to I want to just kick it over to you. I know you have mm-hmm. a lot of opening thoughts here.
0: Yeah, I think with Donovan, it's it's very interesting because the 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 Jazz have come out and. And kind of said that, hey, you know, we're we're acquiring these assets. Uh, with the in terms of the first round picks, uh, we got players like Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, who are solid rotation players on contending teams, but they're both on essentially expiring contracts. With both of those contracts having uh, team options that after this next year, uh, you acquire Jared Vanderbilt, who is a young an- another quality player, but still on the younger side. And then you got all these picks for Rudy Gobert, so that trade specifically is, is something that doesn't really indicate where we're going towards uh, a point of trying to compete for championships. Um, and then you hire, um, you make a head coach hire uh, and, and you bring in Will Hardy, a, a first-time head coach that's a younger guy, uh, has has virtually no ties to Donovan Mitchell. Um, and, and it's kind of more of a move that you make when you're headed towards a long-term kind of more of a long-term investment and in, in the coaching department. And so, I mean, it's, you kind of take a look at, at what new Orleans did uh, with their most recent hire with Willie green. And, and that's not necessarily a super long-term investment, but it's, it's about understanding that you're, you're getting younger and you're not really in a position to be competing, especially looking at the West specifically, not even touching the East. Um, so really this conversation is also about, um, is is just focused on the fact that what the jazz are doing does not is not consistent with trying to put together uh, a team that that's looking to compete for a title the the jazz definitely have the leverage in terms of Donovan being locked up long term um no. but there are some kind of, and this is this is a major grain of salt rumor but there are rumors right now talking about how the Jazz could be looking to move off Oyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley and they would potentially be willing to attach uh, a first round pick to move off of those players and so there are just lots of things kind of circulating around the Jazz right now that just lean much more towards hey we're not we're not looking to move forward with Donovan Mitchell having all of this control within our franchise uh, as opposed to, Hey, Donovan Mitchell is still our number one. We are still locked in and we are ready to take this thing forward to try and get closer to, to a title. And, and I think the biggest piece of all of it is the fact that the two closest people to Donovan Mitchell, uh, Royce O'Neill and, and Eric Pascal, uh, the, the jazz essentially just kind of, dumped i mean you you salary dumped royce o'neill uh for a first round pick and you didn't extend a qualifying offer to eric pascal which again that's a thing you just you extend a qualifying offer you're not necessarily giving up a ton of money for a guy or or in a in a tough position by bringing him back and so these are things that just don't make sense if you are so focused on having donovan mitchell be the one to take you to the promised land
1: right and i think obviously everything in the nba seems to be on hold right now with kevin durant um, mm-hmm. but, but this is another borderline star, not a star, definitely been an all-star in the past. Um, somebody who, who teams look around the league and say, Hey, if, if that guy's available, he can do a lot to help my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, we want to talk a little bit about some of these potential landing spots. Um, I think, like we said, because Kevin Durant is such a big name, um, that seems to be where a lot of teams are focused. Um, uh, but I know you want to talk about a little bit about why maybe teams shouldn't be focused on that because at the end of the day Kevin Durant can only play for one team uh, mm-hmm. and and so at a certain point teams are going to have to move on to plan b plan c plan d whatever that may be mm-hmm. uh, and i know you and i have talked that some of us think that Donovan Mitchell should be plan a for some of these teams and so so we'll dive into some of those in a minute um uh Lauren you've listed a couple teams here mm-hmm before we we jumped on I don't know if you have one that you want to talk about the most there are obviously mm-hmm. some that have been rumored, some that are not surprising mm-hmm. uh, and then others that you have have mentioned as making sense. so yes. so what do you which one would you like to talk about first?
0: Yeah well I think we should kind of just go down the line to me that kind of makes I think you've got number one and, and we'll start there and that's that's New York. There's the obvious connections there uh, that have been discussed a million times if for those that might not know Donovan Mitchell is from New York. Uh, His dad currently works for the New York Mets, and he is obviously a big Mets fan for that reason. Uh, The Knicks hired Johnny Bryant from the Utah Jazz, uh, who has a very close relationship with Donovan Mitchell. And that was something that was kind of uh, looked at as, hey, that's a pretty obvious move for New York as to why they might do something like that because of the connections with Donovan Mitchell as him, with him becoming one of these are being looked at as one of these stars that could become available and now looks to be available um and then there's also um uh, the agency connections the leon rose connection the world wide west connections alan houston all of these things with with the knicks and donovan mitchell so there's just there are lots of um kind of very blatant and, and obvious ties to donovan mitchell that makes sense um and, and and that doesn't even touch on the fact that New York is a team that has been looking to try and bring in for a star for a very long time. And I know, I know right off the top, some people are probably like, hey, Donovan Mitchell, New York, Jalen Brunson, a six-foot backcourt, that is not a good fit. You got two guys that don't really play defense, plain and simple, bad fit, you don't do it. But that's just not the reality of how the Knicks operate. The Knicks are trying to bring in, and have been for a long time, they're trying to bring in a star. And Donovan Mitchell... Whether you think the defense is not worth it or you feel like you've seen his ceiling, whatever the case may be, the reality is, is he's an all-star level talent that's available that's locked up for multiple years. And you have young guys and picks to go potentially get that guy and that guy has New York ties and would probably, if not most obviously, want to come to your team. So those are all things that you can't just throw out of the window because the fit might not be ideal. This is a real opportunity for New York to bring in all-star level talent um and and do something that they've they been trying to achieve for a minute now and that's that's again bringing in a star that's this priority has been and it will continue to be priority number one for the new york knicks so um you know they have 11 first round picks right now they have young guys in emmanuel quickly obi toppin quinn grimes and cam reddish who are also i think would have not all of them would obviously have to be included but um i think emmanuel quickly is a big, big part of that. He's probably the most, if not obviously the most promising of that young group. And while a lot of Knicks fans view him as untouchable, the Knicks fans aren't the one making the trade. It's, it's this team that wants a star. And so you have to give something to get something. And if I'm the Utah jazz, I'm looking at Emmanuel quickly. And so I think there's something there. And then lastly, I just want to touch on Julius Randle. The thing about Julius Randle is while he's viewed as, as, and I don't want to say a negative value asset. I think that's a little, maybe taking it a little too far, but he's not the valued asset that he once was. But the only reason I think that there could be something there with Utah is if they think that they could potentially get another, like a young player picks and Julius Randle to kind of be that salary filler as as crazy as that might sound and potentially be able to flip him when he's in the last year of his deal uh, or, or it's getting kind of towards the end and, and maybe extend the return on the Donovan Mitchell trade. So I think there's a lot of a lot of smoke around New York, and it's just something that has to be included in this conversation, especially with them not being in the running for someone like Kevin Durant.
1: Right, and we've talked about the Knicks for so long. They've they've been in development mode, then they've been in contention all of a sudden, uh, had that tough playoff series just a year ago uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, and, and you talk about Julius Randle. I mean, obviously, he had kind of a down year. Um, prior to the year before where he was an all-star had a career high Mm -hmm. in points uh, and, and rebounds was, was shooting the ball well, and just overall had a great season. Uh, I don't think by any means he's written off as a player. You talk about him not being a negative value asset. I don't think we're there yet. Um, Guys have down years all the time and that's just kind of the way it goes. The thing with him though, is he does seem to be the piece that would be moved to um, match contracts um, the, the other thing you mentioned on is that there's going to be um, these, these young guys, these young guys that the Knicks have been developing the Emmanuel quickly's um, the guys like that. You're going to have to attach those things along with Julius Randall. Uh, if you're going to facilitate something like this, because it just seems like um, the, the jazz aren't just going to let Donovan Mitchell walk, at least from everything they're saying publicly. Uh, and so it's, it's definitely interesting um, from a Knicks perspective of, of trying to make this work because you don't have the cap space anymore. I believe it was reported today um, that the they're planning on signing Jalen Brunson into their cap space, which on our last podcast, we talked a little bit about uh, kind of the ramifications of that for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they look they look to to move with Donovan Mitchell and bring that in, it's going to have to be some sort of trade package. And, and I don't know what that looks like. There's a, a hundred different things. Uh, Lauren, I, I can see you've got a thought.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the thing with the Knicks is that they've got so many options. I don't think necessarily that it's a done deal that they include Julius Randle just for the point of of matching salary. But I think if you're the Utah Jazz and you're having these ongoing conversations with the Knicks, um, you have to consider Julius Randle being a potential return because would you rather have, you know, a Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier, shorter term, less money, Um, Would you rather have that or would you rather bring in Julius Randle and have him kind of go back to being the guy uh, in in Utah and then try and again flip him because he's putting up numbers and he's getting towards the end of his contract? I think that's a very real possibility. But uh, if you go the Julius Randle route, you're probably not going to be getting quickly top in, you know, Cam Reddish. I think right now, if you do something like an Evan Fournier or a Derrick Rose, I absolutely think you're going to be getting Uh, one of, if not both of, Quickly and Toppin, who are very clearly the most coveted, the best young assets over uh, in New York right now. But again, you're trading for an all-star. You got to give something to get something. And Julius Randle, while he is, was an all-star and and can put up numbers, that is not a one-for-one all-star for all-star trade with Donovan Mitchell. The situations are very different. Everyone from the outside is looking at Julius Randle saying, hey, when you pass him the ball in the post, He's going to the rim. He's not looking to pass the fit with that team isn't great. So it's very clear that teams on the outside looking in are not trading for an all-star to where they'd have to put together a bunch of assets to trade for Julius Randle. It's more about how the Knicks can move off of him because he's just not the best system fit. And that's what, that's what touches on his value and why, or I'm sorry, that's what impacts his value and why he would not necessarily be quote unquote the centerpiece of a deal uh, for Donovan Mitchell. So Um, there's lots of options for, for the jazz, but I think there is a possibility Julius could be in there, but also a very strong possibility and probably more likely outcome that he would not be included in that deal.
1: Right now. That's a much better way to put it. Um, you you look at all these young guys for the Knicks and you, you wonder where their direction is going. It seems RJ Barrett has obviously kind of established himself as a, a very quality starter. Uh, with this team. Obviously, someone who they probably hoped would help lower Zion prior to his signing uh, the extension in New Orleans. So um, he seems to be part of this core. You wonder what uh, what other of these young pieces do they see as part of their long term and what would they be willing to move on from? Kind of only time will tell. Um, But I want to move on and talk to another team here. Another team you mentioned uh, was the Washington Wizards. Just mm-hmm. re-signed Bradley Beal to a max extension. Uh, he has a no-trade clause, one of the few players to only or to ever have had this trade clause. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another team with some young players: Rui Hachimura, uh, Denny Avdija, uh, Corey Kispert, obviously another young guy that they drafted j- just a year ago. So um, on top of that, they have a number of first-round picks as well as Kyle Kuzma uh, that they acquired in, as part of that Russell Westbrook swap a couple years ago, which infamously has not worked out uh, for the lakers there but that's another story mm-hmm. uh just another fascinating uh kind of team here to keep an eye on when you hate to waste these bradley beale years a guy mm-hmm. who just seems to be running through the eastern conference year after year sniffing the play in at best and moving on so so this to me makes a lot of sense from just another team to pair um, another star with so lauren i want i want you to talk about kind of what this fit would look like what you mm-hmm. think a package would look like and and kind of how, how things would look like for Utah as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, for, for Washington, obviously you're looking at Rui, you're looking at Denny Obdia and you're looking at Corey Kispert and these are not as appealing of assets as, as say the Knicks might be able to offer. But the reason Washington uh, needs to be mentioned is because they're not in a position to say, Hey, we're going to wait for the right star to come available. We're going to wait for the right perfect thing. That's just not, that's not how you can go about this. I mean, Bradley Beal is uh, more of a scoring. I mean, he's 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 not like a a wing, a big, very big wing, and he's not a point guard. He's kind of an undersized scoring uh, guy, a guard slash wing. And then you've got Donovan Mitchell, who's the same way. He's very ball dominant, but he's not a point guard, and he's definitely not a wing. He's more of this ball dominant scoring guard. So you've got two of those guys who can put up big numbers again not necessarily the best fit but let's look at Washington's roster right now they just signed Delon Wright they just made this trade um with the Denver Nuggets and brought in Monty Morris and they lost Raul Neto uh who went and signed with Cleveland so as far as who their guards are they just do not have you know a, a point guard and so in this in this last draft they just picked up Johnny Davis not a point guard. So where where are you at with that in terms of of your guard depth chart? So uh, for 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 me I'm I'm kind of looking at this as saying, hey, if I'm Washington, I'm saying this is an opportunity to bring in another all-star level talent and let's just try and see what we can do here uh and 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 really just put something together. So um I don't necessarily think the fit is perfect. I think there are other teams out there that can put together a better package. But if you're Washington, this is this is the, the conversation that says, hey, we're not in the, the running for Kevin Durant, but we could be in the running for Donovan Mitchell. We're not going to sit here and wait around for Kevin Durant to get dealt or Kyrie Irving to get dealt and wait for all of the domino effects of that. We need to get out in front of this, put something together and try to get a deal done. Um, And I think that's kind of where the logic is coming from with this. Again, I have to, I've got to reiterate, I don't think that they necessarily have the best package to offer. And I do think that they'd be kind of, it would be hard for them to move off of Rui, especially kind of seeing the flashes that he's put together in his, his first couple of years, but you just brought back Bradley Beal. And the big thing that I want to draw attention to that you brought up is, is the full no trade clause. I mean, not only, can he veto what team he goes to, but he can veto what the return package is. He can say, no, I want to, if I want to go play in, let's say, uh, let's say Boston because of the Jason Tatum ties. If he's over there saying, oh, I want to play with Jalen Brown, which there's no way you're doing a trade for Bradley Bill without including Jalen Brown as of right now. If he says I want to play with Jaden or Jalen Brown, and that's a part of it, he can veto that completely. And that's not saying that there's still there would still be a deal to get done there, but that makes things very difficult for Washington to pull off a Bradley Beal trade. They have essentially no leverage if he decides he wants out. So for Washington it would be wise for them to go out and say, hey, let's try to find a way to add more talent. They did bring in Kristaps Porzingis, but as Mavs fans, we know that durability and availability can be an issue. So if there's an opportunity to go add more talent, you absolutely have to do it. And so I think that that's why this is definitely something to keep an eye out for, uh, for Washington, because how many times can you just let opportunities skate by where you don't try to get in the conversation?
1: Right. Uh, you, you touched on as being a Mavs fan. Another part of being a Mavs fan was being absolutely uh, blessed to watch Dirk Nowitzki for 21 years and, and watch the loyalty to his, his team. Uh, and we've seen that same thing, by for Bradley Beal, so I can't help but root for the guy and just hope that they put a team around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so definitely a, a very interesting landing spot for all the reasons you touched on. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we've got a couple more teams we want to touch on. So stick with us. All righty, welcome back. So uh we've been talking Donovan Mitchell and potentially land, potential landing spots. Uh Lauren, before we dive into the next one, mm-hmm. I want to talk about what kind of player you see Donovan Mitchell as. What is his role? You talk about him being a point guard. That's primarily what he's done in Utah's handle the ball. Um, but but his scoring ability almost kind of shows flashes of more of what you would expect from a two guard. And I know we're at the point in the NBA where we're positions don't really matter but but is he a type of player that can fit with a true point guard a guy like say Jalen brunson who can bring the ball up though he played off ball to luca so maybe that's not Mm -hmm. the best um scenario but do you see him as a guy who has to have the ball in his hand every single possession or can he be a number two um ball handler
0: yeah so i mean i've always viewed him as a not not a true point guard very much a scoring a ball dominant scoring wing guard, like not quite guard, not quite wing. And so that's kind of where I put him uh, in terms of position, I guess, if you even want to say that. Um, but he is a guy that needs to have the ball in his hands. And and that's why I do, I do don't totally hate the fit with New York because Jalen Brunson is a guy that proved that he can be the number one handling the ball. And he proved that he can be number two off of the ball and he, yeah he went to new york not wanting that but guess what that's just not how it goes so um <laughs> so it's the defense that's that's the problem right. and what i think could be interesting with donovan mitchell if he goes somewhere different sometimes we've seen guys get in new systems become more locked in just different fit surrounded by different guys different scheme I'm not saying that he's going to overnight become this incredible defender, but I have to imagine he would at least get a little bit better than he is in Utah, than he has been in Utah because he's been able to kind of rely on Rudy alone, putting you in top 10, even top five uh, best defenses in the league. So he's not going to have that anymore. And so I I just think that there are too many variables to just say, oh, he's going to be the league's just just one of the worst defenders in the league that's done that's a wrap so i i don't i'm not necessarily in that boat but i do think that he's a guy that will continue to have the ball in his hands a lot um and so that's why with washington specifically i don't know that it's the best because bradley beal is the same way uh and with new york i think offensively it, it could work but defensively it's there are some questions there uh but that kind of brings us to our next team who i think there are some some questions there they've they've got a true point guard uh and there are just, there are lots of questions there. And that's, that's the Portland Trailblazers. And the reason I, I wanted to throw them in here is because even though Dame Lillard has been very outspoken about his desire to play with, with Kevin Durant, I just don't see that happening for <laughs> Portland. I yeah. don't know that they have something to put together, Um, but you've got a true point guard in Damian Lillard. You've got a very young, very intriguing kind of budding star in Anthony Simons um Nas Little had arguably his best I don't want to say breakout year but he was he showed significant improvement last year before going down with injury and Josh Hart is another quality player who's still young um and and you could include him in a package and I think that the biggest piece of this is the fact that they just drafted Shaden Sharp that helps you move off of makes it a little easier to move off of someone young like Anthony Simons um, because he would he would presumably be the 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 big piece here uh, of this deal. They've got six first round picks to deal. Um, so if you've got if you're including a handful of picks. Uh, Anthony Simons and then you're plugging in some money I think that that could start the conversation for Donovan Mitchell and then when Shaden Sharp you've got him coming off the bench I think he's got a, a pretty high ceiling uh, and if you're putting Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell next together in a starting backcourt that's a pretty solid scoring backcourt mm-hmm. so I don't hate that for them they brought back Yusuf Nurkic on quite a lucrative deal they brought in Jeremy Grant I mean, they're kind of in a position to, hey, if we add another another all-star player to, be- to pair with Damian Lillard in the backcourt, we're kind of putting something together, especially if Shaden Sharp hits the way they, they hope he does. I don't know that he'd be included in that deal, um, but I'd like to think that they could get that done without including him in there. So I think that that just kind of starts the conversation for Portland, and I think they need to be very realistic about who their targets could be and not overlook this Donovan Mitchell uh, option.
1: Right. I think when they traded C.J. McCollum, you and I talked about the one thing the Portland Trailblazers were doing um, from that moment because they made a couple other moves after that. It was all about being flexible. Uh, they they moved off some guys. They acquired um, some non-guaranteed contracts so that they could turn around this summer and in the future um, and be flexible with different other move- with other potential moves they could make. And this is no different. Um Something interesting to mention, they obviously just re-signed Anthony Simons to a four-year $100 million deal, so they can't trade him anytime soon. They've got to wait a little bit till December, Mm -hmm. um, which might be fine because Mm -hmm. based on what some of the things Utah is saying is that they want to build around uh, Donovan. So by no means does that mean Donovan's there to stay, uh, but it also doesn't mean they're in a rush. So Mm -hmm. a a lot of things to play out. The other kind of big question, Shaden Sharp. Uh, a guy who reclassified uh, in in high school to go to college and then ended up uh, sitting out most of his, his college career and, and didn't really play a lot. Obviously, tons of talent, tons of ceiling there. Um, but people have really only ever seen him in the gym and not on the court. And so we saw him in summer league, unfortunately, and uh, in, injured his shoulder. And so we don't really know the details of what that looks like or or how severe that's going to be. Um, but I, I just hate to see there, there are so many questions around him uh, as, to, as to what what he's going to look like moving forward. So so definitely a young, intriguing piece. But until we see what that looks like, I think that's just something that's going to be off the table for a lot of teams. Uh, but that's obviously my opinion. Uh, who knows what the the kind of motto is around him uh, around the league. So mm-hmm. definitely an intriguing uh, destination uh, and something to keep our eyes on. So uh, the other team that we want to talk about, and, and Lauren, I think this one makes a lot of sense. Um, a, a team that's... Rumored to have been involved in the Kevin Durant uh, drama, but for reasons we'll talk about here, uh, a team that you think should shift their focus to acquiring a guy like Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies. Off the yeah. bat as a Mavs fans, I got to say that's terrifying, and I would <laughs> hate hate to add another all-star to that team. Um, yep. But you're not wrong. It makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, Adding adding talent to that team just to elevate them to one level or to another level. Uh, I think something that's boded well for Memphis has been their camaraderie, mm-hmm. uh, and so you definitely risk breaking some of that up, but to take the next step, you've got to hope that either multiple guys here on this roster either take another step uh, and become all-stars themselves or or around that level, mm-hmm. um, or Ja turns into a, a true top five player in the league, which I, I guess isn't off the table, but... The more realistic route is that you acquire another talent like Kevin Durant, like Donovan Mitchell, like this all-star level that will help help you long term in the playoffs and and make a deep run. So, Lauren, talk to me about Memphis, why this makes sense and and kind of a path to how this could all happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, Memphis is is a. To me, the biggest sleeper team in this Donovan Mitchell thing, because I've mentioned on Twitter that I think that they could even be a sleeper in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, but I don't view that as super likely, Um, but there has been a little bit of buzz out there that's saying, hey, Memphis is looking at potentially making uh, some kind of big move slash trade that could kind of catch people by surprise and could potentially take them over the hump because last year, I mean, record wise, they were the second best team in the league behind the Phoenix Suns. Ja Morant was down for poor parts of the year. Um, and the biggest thing in the playoffs was that they, you know, they couldn't, they didn't necessarily have the top level talent and they've got a lot of intriguing young players that could be packaged together in a trade. Uh, they've got, eight first round picks excuse me and then they also have uh 27 million dollars in expiring contracts between steven adams and dylan brooks so they have the right mix of of things to include in a package but the biggest thing is that right now um they've got they made three draft selections this year in jake laravia david roddy and kennedy chandler and then they signed kenneth lofton jr to a two-way deal who Has already been impressing in summer league, and so it's kind of like, okay, you've got four young guys. Brandon Clark is continuing to make strides. Desmond Bain is a really solid young player. Zaire Williams is already taking strides. So it's like you've already got that's seven guys right there that I just listed, plus eight first round draft picks moving forward. There's just not enough room to keep making all of those to make all of that you know just work and for these guys to potentially hit their ceilings at the right time the right way at the on the right trajectory to pair with jaw and jaren like it just that doesn't quite work and so what happens when you make the right draft selections and you're making um, strategic smart trades that end up giving you more first round picks to potentially try and put something together this is what you do when you have a guy like ja morant you do you go out and you package some of these to bring in another all-star and right now jaron jackson jr has been ruled out um for a significant period of time with 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 another injury unfortunately um and and their next best guy is desmond bain and i know so many memphis fans i've seen it have said hey desmond bain is untouchable do not talk to me about desmond bain and i believe me i get it as a mass fan i've seen it i get it um and I think that there's potentially a world in which uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are able to retain him. But I, and I, and I do think that there's, there could be a conversation with Brandon Clark, Zaire Williams, Picks, Dylan Brooks. Like to me, that's an intriguing package for Donovan Mitchell. If I'm the Utah Jazz, I'm saying it's Desmond or we no, it's Desmond or we walk. So um, that's where I think there could be a little bit of negotiating uh, but I I think Memphis just has a few too many assets on their side. And last year, kind of going into the playoffs, it's they were a really solid team, but people were wondering what their ceiling was when you're looking at a team like Golden State, even Phoenix, uh, just how high can they get? So when you've got a guy like Ja, you need to get an all-star that's on a similar trajectory with him. And I think that that guy could be Donovan Mitchell. I think it's better suited for Donovan Mitchell to be a number two, on a contending team and I think it's better for John Morant a guy who flies through the lane has a high usage rate to have someone to be able to defer to and Donovan Mitchell I think it's kind of a perfect scenario they were the fourth best defense in the league last year that also obviously helps Donovan Mitchell with that being a number one concern for him so I absolutely would keep my eye on the Memphis Grizzlies as a potential destination for Donovan Mitchell
1: yeah I you talked about having that guy to rely on uh, the Grizzlies were great, as you mentioned, without Ja last year, but he did only play 57 games. I don't know if that's going to be something that we see um, as a recurring theme throughout his career, uh, but just being an athletic guy, there's always that risk. And, and I, I hate to put that out there. Um, but having, having somebody like Donovan, exactly. Like you mentioned to lower that usage rate, to bounce off of, to help run the offense and, and stagger rotations Uh, just makes things really scary for a team like that over the course of a regular season. And then when it gets to the playoffs, I mean, we've seen it with CJ and Dane, you have Mm -hmm. two guys like that. It's, it's pick your poison down the stretch, feed it to the guy who's hot and both of those guys can, can kill you down, down the stretch. So um, as a Mavs fan, I would, I would hate to see that, but I definitely get it. There's (laughs) there's a, there's a lot to be intrigued by as, as a member of the, of the, uh, the Memphis front office. So uh, lots to play out. I, I truly don't know what Memphis's direction is going to be. You mm-hmm. love how fun that team is. How much trash they talk. Draymond talked about it uh, with JJ Redick. They're they're so young. They don't realize how big the moment is sometimes, uh, and so they're just enjoying it. And it's it's fun to watch. Um, but until they they realize how big some of these moments are, and the, and they just can't until they go through it. Um, but until they get to that point. They're just going to be that fun team that nobody really is scared of. And so you add a add a guy like Donovan Mitchell and that completely changes things. And so uh, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, a lot a lot of great things we've talked about. Lauren, um, you mentioned before we go that uh, Memphis is, is that sleeper team in the Kevin Durant uh, trade. I don't know that there's a path for this, but do you think there's any realistic possibility – um, that Memphis is able to swing some sort of deal for both Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, a lot of assets got to go uh, mm-hmm. to the Nets if if they're going to acquire Kevin Durant. That seems mm-hmm. to be the, um, the deal right now. If you're going to acquire Kevin Durant, you're going to have to give up your right arm, your left leg, and your firstborn child. Mm-hmm. Um, but is Memphis, do they have the assets to build what would be a super team?
0: No. They don't. They don't have it. Uh, the if I if I'm uh, Brooklyn, there's really nothing that they have that and that that and I'm glad you asked this because I, I straight off the bat I'm like no they just don't have the assets. But what's interesting about the landscape of the league right now is that there's kind of this gray area. It's like you some of these teams have too much for Donovan Mitchell, but not enough for Kevin Durant. And that's where the interesting conversation starts to take place because it's like, which direction do we go? I mean, you're, and and Miami is the best example, not enough for Kevin Durant, little too much for Donovan Mitchell. And I think, which is why I'm like, okay, if I'm, if I'm Utah, I'm certainly looking at this uh, potential Miami deal, but you know, If I'm another team that's saying, hey, Miami is focused on trying to figure out a way to beat Phoenix in this race for Kevin Durant, hey, I'm going to get out in front of them and I'm going to steal Donovan Mitchell because I have the assets to get him. I might not have the best package, but I'm not going to sit here and wait around sitting on my hands like the rest of the league is watching this Kevin Durant saga unfold. So that's why I think this conversation is incredibly relevant and and very important. Um, and you just, again, kind of circling it back to the first point of this entire conversation is you just cannot ignore the signs that the Utah jazz are throwing out there.
1: Absolutely. Uh, another team we didn't really talk about much was the Miami heat. Uh, that seems to be kind of the hot destination for Donovan Mitchell. He's, he's been seen working out uh, in Miami with some of the Miami guys this summer. Uh, doesn't seem like there's too much more to that than what we've seen uh, the package would probably have to be centered around Tyler hero yeah. I don't know that there's tons for us to add to that because that conversation has, has been had, uh, and, and we'll probably have it again at a, at a later date. Uh, but this was more to talk about some of the other teams that exactly like you said, have the assets for a guy like Donovan Mitchell, but not quite Kevin Durant and that we think, uh, should move, uh, before, before the rest of the league does. Uh, and, and so we, we hopefully presented some new ideas, some new teams, uh, we're, we're really just, like everybody else waiting for the next next shooter drop in the NBA we don't know what that will be um, but we're here to follow it with you the whole way so I want to thank everybody for joining us Uh, this really was uh, a Donovan Mitchell focused pod Uh, we'll be here later in the week uh, continuing to bring you stuff as news unfolds in the NBA and as things play out in summer league so thanks for stopping by and thanks for joining us see y'all next time